Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Yeah. EWA 517, do you want to report a UFO? Negative. We don't want to report. Ares 31, do you wish to report a UFO? Over. Negative. We want to report one of those either. Uh, Ares 31, do you wish to file a report of any kind? Over. I wouldn't know what kind of report to file, sir. Uh, Ares 31, uh, me neither. 071, pop the golf good. Yeah, was anybody a uh, Above us, the pass was like 30 seconds ago. There's seven one pop of golf negative. Okay. Off this. A UFO. Yeah. Hey, it's American 295. Yeah, something just passed over. It's uh, like a, don't know what it was, but it's from at least two, three thousand 3,000 feet above us. So yeah, I passed right over the top of us. 911. You guys busy? Did we just call about the UFOs we thought? Mm-hmm. They're out there. They're in the airplanes. Welcome to UFO Chronicles, a place where people share their experiences of the strange and unexplained. If you've had an encounter and would like to be on the show, you can email me at UFO Chronicles at gmail.com Hello everyone and welcome to the show wherever in the world you are listening from. We are joined tonight with our guest Monica from the state of Kentucky sharing with us some UFO sightings she witnessed with other family members and a few of her many paranormal events in her life since she was a child and a brief but strange encounter with one of the little people. But before we hear from Monica, we start off in Ontario, Canada with Bub's witness submission. Bub's up next. If you enjoy the show and you would like to help support the podcast on Patreon, you can do this for as little as $1 a month. Head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash UFO Chronicles podcast. You can also find a link in the description of this episode below. Any help is very much appreciated. Now on with the show. in Ontario, Canada. I just wanted to share with you a recollection of a sighting I had a few years back. Um, I came across uh, the practices of CE5, and I think it may have been through Dr. Stephen Greer, although these days I don't quite agree with uh, what he's done and how he's going about his business, but anyway, that's another story. 
So I went outside and I had a moment of silence and I meditated, played some tones and just tried to envision our solar system right down to our planet, to the continent of North America and Canada and the city eventually in London where I live. And I opened my eyes and it was a clear summer night. Stars were out and about a 45 degree angle in my vision to the south of me. I saw this bright light. It's It wasn't blinking. It was an orb, a perfectly round sphere of pure, brilliant light. And if I were to hold out my arm and if I had a shirt button, that's how big in the sky it was. And I'm guessing it was about 700 to 1,000 foot ceiling. And it looked as if it was searching for something. Now, this thing was silent and it had no blinking lights. It was just a pure orb of light. And it was there for at least a half a minute. And all the while coming towards me, going south to north in my direction. And once it got above me, and I'm looking at this thing, it faded away as it got dimmer and dimmer and dimmer right above me. At about 700 feet to 1,000 foot, it disappeared into nothing. I couldn't help it but smile because I know what I saw I had never seen before. So my curiosity, I just wanted to be more thorough on what I saw. I checked the databases for the ISS at the time. It was like 11 at night, so it was somewhere in California. And other things like satellites, nothing was in the area at the time. So I don't know what I saw. But it seems to have appeared, and I don't know if it was to do with the CE5 that I had tried, but uh, it was pretty extraordinary. And uh, the only other thing I saw, I was working out in Fort McMurray a few years earlier. I saw a bright piercing light very quickly in the sky, and I was working in an oiled field in an open mine, and when the light went away. It's as if someone had drawn a pencil a mark, like a line of pencil mark in the sky. And I was looking at this dark line where the piercing light had appeared. And then it was gone. So I don't know what that was either, but uh, it sure made me think. Uh, all my life I've been hearing from family and friends about red lights in the sky and objects in the sky. And, you know, I'm sure... Every family has tales and stories that are passed down. But, um, yeah, that's mine. I'm a fan of the show, and uh, keep up the good work. Love the content. Take care, Nick. Welcome to the show, Monica. Thank you. Thank you for coming on today and sharing your experiences. Thank you for having me, Nick. Calling from Kentucky. I am. So you're going to be sharing several experiences with our listeners tonight, starting in 1994. Yes. Would you like to start there for us, please? Sure. So it was probably late summer, early fall. Um, it was already nighttime, and I was with my cousin and uncle, and we were leaving a house, and we stepped outside. I remember that night, It was um, the sky was dark, so there was no moon. Stars were out. wasn't a cloud in the sky. So I walked outside and happened to look up, and I see in the distance these three black floating things coming towards us and they were just kind of moving and I think they were like changing shape a little bit so we stood there and we watched them and it got closer and closer and then they kind of came over us and we were just looking like what is that we couldn't figure it out so we got in the car and I was driving and I remember as soon as we got in the car I went into like this daze where I was behind the wheel but there's no way I could have been driving at some point, I looked up through the windshield to make sure that, you know, this object was still with us, and it was. So I went back into this daze, and we ended up about, oh, it might have been six miles south of that area. We were on this dark road. I don't remember if we saw it before we got out of the car or once we decided to stop and pull over to look for it, if that's when we saw it, but we saw it coming. Now, at this point, when we saw it this time, it changed. It was just one big, I don't know, ship. 
And it came over us. We were all standing in the dark and it came over us and it stopped and we're all looking up at it. And this really, really bright blue and white light came down on us. It was so bright, but we could still look at it. And so we were standing in a circle and I remember looking at my uncle and he just had this look of just terrified, but he was just like in awe, like look on his face. Okay. I don't remember anything after that until we were another five miles south and we were in the car again and we woke up and we were at a dead end street. I didn't realize where I was until, you know, I kind of looked around and said, oh, this is where I am. So we, I start driving and we, I think we dropped my uncle off and then we went to another house and we kind of told some family what we saw. You know, they were just kind of like, oh, okay. After that, you know, my cousin, my uncle, they went back home to Kentucky. So fast forward about maybe four years later, my cousin was back in Texas. I said, hey, do you remember that night when you were here and we saw that? And he was so surprised. He said, wait a minute. I remember that. But how could I have not thought about that in all this time? He was so surprised. We called my uncle on the phone. Same thing. He was so surprised. Like, how could I forget about that? There's no way that I have not thought about this in all these years. So we were trying to talk about it, my cousin and I, and at the same exact time, we got this frequency in our heads. It was almost like somebody had control, you know, of a, a button. And, you know, it was like, if you don't stop talking about this, I'm going to turn this up. It was a feeling that I've never felt before then. I've never felt it since then. So we had to, like, separate rooms and just be quiet. We couldn't talk about it. So that was that in you know, we did talk about it a little bit, and we all remembered the same exact things. We remember seeing these things to start with. We remember getting in the car. My cousin remembers also looking up to see if it was still there. And then we remember getting out of the car and looking up, you know, at it. Now, a couple of years ago, I was thinking about it, and I remembered this thing was massive. It was black. And it was massive. And, it, you know, I, I remember it just floating over us and stopping. And that light just came down on us. And that's all I remember about it. So that was that first experience. Did you all experience the uh, the frequency? Uh, me and my cousin did. My uncle, I believe he was still on the phone at the time. He didn't say that he did. But my cousin was standing right in front of me. And it was just like at the same exact time. I grabbed my head in the back and he grabbed his head in the back and we looked at each other. We said, oh, we're not supposed to be talking about this. And we had to go in separate rooms and just sit down and, you know, just be still for a little bit. And we came back together and we just, we haven't talked about it since, I don't think. And uh, was it painful? Did you give you a headache? What I would describe it as, it felt like somebody was scratching a chalkboard inside my head. It was kind of like that kind of feel. I'm not going to say it was painful, but I believe that if we wouldn't have stopped talking about it, that it, it could have been painful. Yeah, but it, I'm not going to say it was painful, but it was just a strange feeling, something I've never felt since. Hmm, interesting. Okay, do you want to move on to your second encounter, please, Monica? So my cousin was back in Texas because his sister was finishing high school. So this was summer of June of 98. We were back at the same house where you know, we had the first encounter and they mentioned that my aunt, I think one of her friends said that they had been seeing something in the sky and they would be back that night. So we went out in the backyard, same type of night. It was clear. It was a dark sky. So we were, you know, just out there and within a few minutes we saw something. It was just like a light, a bright light. And it was just changing colors. It was moving you know, green, yellow, orange, just all kind of colors. And I decided to ask it, you know, without telling anybody else to, you know, do certain things. And everything I was asking it to do, it did. I would tell it, move to the left and turn green, go to the right and turn red. And I said, okay, now I want you to turn off. It went off. And so basically everything I, you know, told it to do, it did it. So we probably watched it about 30 minutes and... We thought it was gone, and then all of a sudden we see something coming towards us, and we couldn't tell what it was until it veered off to its right, and it would have been our left, and it was a triangle, like a matte-colored triangle. I'm not going to say it was huge. It was probably 
if you can like imagine a one-story house about a thousand square feet it wasn't too big but it was just a matte colored black triangle and i think it had a light on it and it was low maybe a hundred feet in the air and it just floated over us and it just left you know that was it but whatever it was it definitely could read my thoughts and it heard me it read my mind it could hear me and it just gave kind of gave off a, you know a strange feeling yeah, so that was a triangle, just... It's like following your commands. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what it did. It's definitely trying to connect, it would seem, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. But you said about 100, 100 feet. I would say, yeah, it wasn't far up. I'm going to say no more than like a football field away. It was, well, it was close to us, and it wasn't, you know, far away. I would say maybe it was a block away from us, and maybe 100 to 200 feet in the sky. It wasn't, it wasn't up high at all. What about size? Could you uh, grasp the size of the object? Well, you know, like I said, if if you can imagine a one-story house that's about, well, I'm going to say more than a 1,000 square feet, maybe about 2,000 square feet, a house. It wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't huge. Okay. All right. Still quite a size, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't small, but it just wasn't really big. So I believe this was late December 2010. I was sitting at home, and this was back in Texas. I was sitting in my den, and outside of my den, there's another room with this big window. It was, you know, it was already dark. It was just getting dark, and my husband walks in, and he points to a light in the sky. He said, what is that? I said, oh, it's probably just a planet. It just got dark, and those are the first things, you know, that usually come out. So he said, oh, and he walked back in, you know, to the other room. Maybe 10 minutes later, he comes back again. He goes, no, what is that? And I got up and I said, you're right. That is something. That's not a planet. It's not a star. So one of my cousins that was with me at the second experience, I called her and she was in downtown Austin. I said, hey, there's something in the sky. She saw it from downtown. And she says, I'm heading home. Meet me there. So I get in my car, you know, about 10 minutes later. And I'm heading towards her house. I'm going west on the toll road. As I'm driving, I'm going west, so whatever this was was coming north. I see this bright light. It was really low, maybe a couple hundred feet up, coming towards the toll road. And I had pretty much forgot about, you know, got about it because I thought that something was about to crash on the toll road because this bright light was moving slow and low. And I said, there's something about to crash. And I was either on the phone with my brother or my cousin. I don't remember right now who I was talking to, but... You know, as I was driving up the toll road, like I said, this thing was coming to the side. And as soon as it got to the side of the toll road, it just fell out of the sky. This bright light just whoosh, it fell out and disappeared. So I keep driving. I get to the top of the toll road where I'm going to go north to get to her house. And I see these three bright objects up in the sky. I said, okay, that's them. So I drive, you know, I get to her house and then... You know, basically, we're outside and we see these three objects, you know, high up in the sky. It's just like three points of light. And that's when I took those pictures that I sent you. And that's pretty much how that ended. But the strange thing about this encounter is for weeks, I'm going to say about 10 to 14 days after that, we both, I felt like I was split in half. I, that's just kind of hard to explain. I didn't feel as if my entire self was with me I felt like I was somewhere else and she said she felt the same it was just a strange feeling you know I was still able to function but I just there was something going on I don't know what it was but she said she felt the same way um so that was that experience I don't think there was anything else to add to that one how long were you uh, feeling this way oh about a good 10 days at least you didn't feel your whole self felt like I was in two places at once. I don't know how to describe it. It was just kind of felt like in a daze. I felt, I just felt strange. And my cousin said the same thing. You know, we just couldn't, we couldn't put our finger on. It was just, I felt so strange. Okay. And um, the, the three objects that you saw, were they flying in like a formation or were they no particular pattern? They were in a triangular pattern in the sky, but they were kind of far away from each other. They were definitely together. You know, I, I could tell that they weren't stars and they weren't, you know, anything else. They were, you know, this, they just looked the same and they were kind of spread out. But we definitely knew what they were. And she was at her house when I saw that 
bright light coming towards the toll road. So she saw it and she saw it drop and disappear. And there were other people on the toll road. This might have been, I don't know, eight o'clock and other people were there. So I know other people had to see it. I wasn't the only person on the toll road. So I know somebody else had to see it. Did you ever report it? I called, I think after this encounter, I called MUFON and you know, we didn't connect. Somebody did call me back. They emailed me back. And he happened to call me on, I think I waited a little while. He happened to call me back on Easter Sunday and I just missed him. And we just, we never connected. But I want to say I reported on the, there's like a national. National Reporting um, Center. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I think I, I put it on there. I'm pretty sure I did. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we, we should definitely have a look on this. If there's anything very similar in that area okay. you know, on, on those dates. Yeah, I like the National Reporting Center. Refer to that one quite a lot. Oh, you were heading west and this object yeah, was approaching from, from the west. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just dipped down, dipped down at a site. Yeah, you know, it was almost in the same, um, because the window I was looking out of faced west. You know, it's almost like it was in that same spot and it just came, you know, a little bit further north and kind of met me on the toll road. And it was, you know, like I said, it was just this bright light. I really thought something was about crash on the toll road. I didn't know what it was, but I didn't see like any red lights or green lights. It was just a really bright light. I didn't hear anything. I didn't see anything but that light. And it just kind of came slowly. It might have been moving if I had to guess, maybe. 15 miles an hour because I watched it, you know, as I was driving west, I watched it for at least three or four miles. Now, the speed limit on that toll road is like 75 or 80. So, you know, I was, you know, pretty fast. So I was probably watching it for a total of maybe like two minutes. It just, like I said, just came towards and it just got to the edge of the toll road and it just completely dropped out of the sky and disappeared and you did send me a couple of pictures as well of the uh your objects that you saw so what i'll do is I'll, I'll put them in the show notes with this episode so people can can go and have a have a look very unusual okay so uh you definitely got some of there, monica i'm not sure what though yeah and i didn't like i was saying i didn't actually see you know what's in those pictures we just took pictures of the lights and that's what came out okay you also have some paranormal events to share yeah this now this is the strangest thing out of anything you know even after seeing the things i just told you about this was in cincinnati when i was a kid we were me a friend of mine we were you know just hanging out in the summertime it was august i remember that it was august we were in a building that i lived in back in the back of the main lobby and the elevators were usually on our right-hand side going down. You know, we had been down this hall a million times. So we're walking down the hall. First elevators on the right-hand side were supposed to be. We get down to the end of the hall, and everything is totally switched around. That second ele- the second one that should have been on the right is now on the left. There's no way possible that the elevator could have been on the left because that is just a wall and then you have the outside world there's usually a door to get out there but now there's an elevator so we stopped in front of the elevator we looked at each other didn't say a word and we shot back down the hallway now to this day i always think about this i'm thinking what if i would have pressed that button and we would have got on the elevator you know would that have even been possible and what would have happened but yeah everything was just switched around very unusual oh yeah like i said that's the strangest thing, uh, you know, out of all the things I've experienced and seen, that is the strangest thing. Because, you know, we, you know, of course, we were young kids. We weren't drinking or doing anything like that. You know, we were had clear minds and we weren't expecting anything. We just walked up on it. Everything, just the world as we knew it was just completely switched around. And, you know, I have no idea what that was. How long did you live there for? Um, a couple of years. Uh, this was when we, I want to say, I don't remember exactly when we moved in there, but it was within that first year of living there. So, you know, I knew about the building. We were familiar with the building. Like I said, we had been down that hall so many times. And so when we got out to the end of the hall, we knew immediately that something was wrong. We were looking for a door to, you know, there was supposed to be a door there to go out, and there wasn't a door. The elevator was there. If I remember correctly, the door was on the other side, so that everything was just switched around. Instead of going through the door, of course, we just ran, ran back the other way. 
couldn't have been where those elevators that have the double doors or anything or anything like that. Oh no, 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 no. I'm a thousand percent positive that it was just switched around. You know, like I said, that elevator could not have physically been on that wall, you know, because it, first of all, wasn't even thick enough. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just brick and I guess plywood or whatever. And then it goes to the outside. There was only thick enough for a door to be there. There's no way an elevator could have fit on that wall. There's just no way. And it definitely was not there. It wasn't there. And was it an old building? Well, from what I remember, and I, I think I sent you um, the address to that building. I think it was built in maybe 1924. It's just like a condo. It's about 10 or 11 stories. Yeah, Rose Hill Ave, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of buildings out there that can, you know, have a strange history. Mm -hmm. counts where people have been in buildings and they've walked onto a floor and it's it's not the way it was when they um when they first entered old furniture and everything's changed and so i've never heard that where it's completely the opposite mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know over the over the years it's been a while but over the years i would have dreams about going down those steps and just thinking i was going to encounter something it was just like a just a weird feeling you know, in those dreams, and that the stairs where I've dreamt about were right next to that elevator. You know, it, it was just strange dreams as well about that building. Could well have had a history then. I'm sure if I Google mm -hmm. it, we might find, we might probably will find something. Yeah. And I remember maybe, I don't know how long after that happened, we went back down and peeked down the hall just to see, you know, if everything was back to the way it was, and it was, but we never went back in that hallway again. Never. Very unusual. Um, to our listeners out there, if you've ever experienced anything similar to what Monica has just explained, send us an email. Be interested in hearing any other strange experiences like that. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What do you make of your sightings? I don't know. I definitely think there's a lot that I don't remember. I really don't know, you know. I don't know if they're all tied together. You know, I'll tell you about another experience that I had around the 1994 experience. I, I know it was around that time because I lived in the same apartment. I don't know if this happened before or after this experience, but I remember waking up one night and remembering that I had been traveling, you know, maybe my soul or my spirit was traveling at night going to some type of school. I didn't remember it until it was over. It was a, it was a last night, and I woke up, and I've never felt so much peace and love, and I knew that I wasn't going to be going back. You know, and I, I can kind of remember, you know, the other people I was with. I kind of remember the person that was leading the class. And so, yeah, that happened. And then sometime around that time, close to that happened, and I woke up. I was laying in bed, and I woke up. And I don't want to say they were monks, but there were beings all around my bed, shoulder to shoulder, looking down at me. I couldn't see their face. I just saw they had on robes that were brown and they had hoods up and they were kind of looking down at me. I don't know if all this is tied in together, but yeah, had a lot of experiences. You know, I've had dreams that have come true. Like now this has been a while ago, but I... My mom was looking to buy the house she's living in now, but she didn't tell anybody that she was buying the house. She was just looking. I don't think she had decided to buy it, you know, yet. But I had a dream that I was up above this house. I saw the whole house. So I saw the yard. And then I saw in a dream where they took part of her property. And I knew it was my mom's house. So I, and I called my mom. I said, Mom, I said, I had this dream that you were buying this house. I said, there's a fence, you know, in the backyards, there's flowers, there's a pool. And I said, but they took part of your property in a dream. He told me, she says, there is a house that we, you know, are trying to decide to buy and you've described it to a T. And she said that they were going to expand the road in front of their house and they're going to be taken, you know, a couple hundred feet from their property in a couple of years. And they're still, you know, they're still working on their road today. So, you know, just dreams like that I've had, you know, where I've dreamed of something and like the very next day it happens. So, but here lately, probably the last, the house she lived in before where she lives now, it was just a couple of miles. She had a lot of spirits in that house. And, you know, I felt those spirits and kind of told her about it. And she had some of the same things going on that I told her about. I've seen people that I've passed on and, I mean, just all kind of things. Nick, I've had a life full of strange experiences. Obviously, some of this started up when you were quite young. Yeah. So the elevator thing, I was like 11 mm. when that happened. I'm actually thinking about finding somebody to kind of take me back and see if I can remember if I could find somebody to do that. I, I kind of want to know. I kind of don't want to know, you know, kind of backing up to that very first experience when I told you that a couple of years ago, you know, I started thinking about the experience. And that's when I really remember how big that craft was. I'm telling you, it was so big. Then I think I kind of remember being in there. Like I remember it was really hazy, just kind of a bland place. I'm not going to say it was dark. It was just nothing there but like gray. And I kind of remember being floated up and I'm kind of suspended and there's like a being like standing under me and it's really short I don't I can't, I can't describe his face but I just remember that possibly I, I think 
I kind of connect that to that encounter where I was maybe in the in the craft. I was listening to something and somebody said, if you've ever had a UFO put their lights on you, you've been, a, you know, they've taken you. You know, they've pretty much said that's the only reason why they're going to put their lights on you is to take you and, you know, and do whatever. Well, let me tell you about this. Also, Nick, I remember when I was living back in Austin, don't remember, I don't remember how many years ago this, this was or when this happened, but I remember waking up one night and I saw, I'm going to say it was a tall gray, so tall that he had to bend down to walk through my bedroom door. He didn't come all the way in, but he put his hand on the door and he ducked his head in and looked around the door at me. And I think he had on like one of those little train conductor hats. That's how, you know, I saw it. I don't know for sure. But the only reason why I saw him because I had the guest bathroom was right outside my bedroom and I always kept that light on. I remember, you know, seeing him just, I don't know if I just had an encounter or maybe he was looking to make sure he put me back in the bed right or what, but I do remember seeing that. And that's probably the only time I remember seeing, you know, any type of gray or, you know, any type of being like that. Now you said about the the conductor hat. Mm -hmm. It's quite often the case that people will have an experience like this or see something or a memory and there'd be something else within that memory, which just seems out of place. Now, obviously, the being is out of place, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The hat is even more out of place because he's yeah. wearing the hat. Mm-hmm. I could just tell that, you know, he had a small head. And I, I could just tell that his body was had to be skinny and just he was extremely tall. Like I said, he had to duck under my door to even look in there at me. What, what really let me know that, you know, especially that 1994 experience or really let me know that that happened was when my cousin and I had that feeling, you know, in our heads that that really said, oh, okay, this happened. This definitely happened. And I think for some reason, you know, they don't want us to talk about it. And why that is, I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't want us to talk about it. And I wanted to tell you another thing. Willie Schreiber's first book with the alien on the on the cover communion yeah communion so around the time i experienced that elevator i i've always thought that that book came out around that time because i remember seeing a gray and i always thought my mom had the book she did have the book later but that book came out in the late 80s i think and that was we didn't even live in that building in the late 80s it was like the you know, this was around 1981, 82. But I remember seeing a gray in that building, and I always just thought, okay, my mom had the book. But maybe about 10 years ago, I realized that book wasn't even out then. As far as I know, that book was the first time anybody, you know, ever seen a gray like that. It certainly was, you know, but I don't know, it's just strange. I kind of took me aback when I realized that couldn't have been that book because it wasn't out so i don't know if there was something going on at that time as well yeah there's plenty of people which have said they've experienced these grays way before way before that book came out even i know the book had a, a massive impact on people i hear mm-hmm. from people all the time that just seeing the cover if it doesn't scare someone it you know it brings back emotions and it's, mm-hmm. an, it's unusual that a book would do that that and particularly obviously the image the uh, actual gray on there is there anyone else in your family which have experienced anything close to this other than just sightings? Uh, well, my brother has had some experiences with an owl a couple of years ago. Then his son was dreaming about owls and had like, you know, just dreams of, of owls. Like he, he was just telling me the other day he had a dream about an owl that it was, it came down in the fireplace and was watching him. So a lot of things with owls, but um, my brother does think that he had a visitation one evening a couple of years ago where he felt he doesn't know if it was graves or what, but he felt like they came and I don't, I, I can't exactly remember what he was telling me. Well, I'll just tell you this other thing really quick. It's not going to take me long. Yeah. Okay. We live in Northern Kentucky in this old Victorian house. This was back in the seventies and the house was built probably 1865, old Victorian house, three story. And I was up on the top floor. Me and my brother's bedroom was up on the top floor, just our bedrooms and a bathroom and a closet in the middle. No, I had a little treehouse toy I would play with. 
And now this is going to sound crazy, Nick, but this happened. I'm sitting there and all of a sudden this little man comes running through and he looks at me. And I look at him, shocked that I'm seeing him. And he stops for a second and he just shoots off and he runs in the closet. And I never see him again. I know that sounds crazy. Okay. So when you say little man. Oh, little man, couple inches tall. He was little. Mm-hmm. And he... His skin was uh, white and dark hair, and he was just running about. And he came out of somewhere in my bedroom, and he ran across me. He kind of, uh, he didn't stop completely, but he just kind of slowed down his stride as if to say, oh, damn, she sees me. And she, he took off running, and he ran into the closet and never saw him again. What was he wearing? Trousers, maybe a white shirt light colored trousers and no hat or anything. He just, he was tiny. Like I said, couple, couple inches tall. Maybe, I'll, I'll say at the most four to five inches. You actually just reminded me of someone that contacted me not so long ago. I think it was the Appalachian. And mm-hmm. this guy, it was 1979. And he said he saw what he thought were elves in the woods. Well, wait a minute. So that's Kentucky too, right? Appalachia is, is quite a large yeah. area, but yeah, 1979. And that was about the same year I saw it was 79. That's when we lived in that house, yep. As far as I know, this was out out in the woods somewhere. Okay. And he said there was yeah. more than one. Yeah, plenty of plenty of accounts of um, little people. Mm-hmm. said not so long on an episode that all these myths and legends and, and old stories, because we've got a lot of old stories in the UK. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to them. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of other, I won't say of other experiences but in that house i would see a spirit that was like solid and my mom saw it too but i didn't know she saw it the same man until around 2000 i was here from texas my brother was about to get married and we were having dinner on the river over in covington that's where the house was. And I was like, Mom, you know that house we lived in? I would always see this man when I would come home from school. That's why I wouldn't go in the house because I would get in trouble because I would not go in the house because he was in the house. And I would come home from school and I would look up through the door and I would see him on the last landing up to the top floor and he'd just be looking down at me. So I told my mom we were sitting you know, like this was in 2000, like May of 2000. I said, Mom, you know, I never told you about this, but let me tell you. She goes, wait a minute. Let me tell you. I saw him one time before, too. She says he was coming down the stairs to the first floor, and I saw him, and she described him exactly like I remember him. And she said to him, what in God's name do you want? And he turned, and he walked away. He never bothered her again, but I would see this man every single day. He would just scare me. And he was completely solid. Just oh, like, yeah. Like a normal person. Oh, yeah. The first time I saw him, I thought he was my dad because he was a, a tall man. He was dark skinned. He had thick hair. Now, the hair wasn't the same as my dad's, but he was kind of a you know tall man, dark skinned. And he would always wear all black. He would stand there and look down at me from that top landing. And I could see through the door because, you know, it was like a glass door. Um I'm at the top and I would look up there and he would just look at me with his arms crossed as if to say, don't you dare come in his house. And I wouldn't go in that house. <laughs> I would, it, it could be 20 degrees outside and I would stand outside till somebody else came home. And for years, Nick, I would have dreams about that house. I, would, I had this same dream over and over again where I was walking up to the front porch and there was a whole lot of people in that bottom floor. And I would smell death. Now, I never smelled a dead person, but I knew what I was smelling was death. It was just so terrible smelling. Mm, yeah. They would try to get me to come in. I'm like, no, I can't come in there. I'm not coming in there. And But they were all gathered in that room. And I, I was wondering if, I, you know, I think a lot of, like, back in the day, people would have, you know, their services, mm. you know, in the home. But I could just smell the death, you know. This is why we have rooms and houses that are called certain things. I think they used to do it in the the parlor. That and that's what this room would have been. That's exactly what this room would have been. The parlor, yes. I can't remember what you call a room where you have the TV and the sofa. What you what you call that in in America? Living room study. Uh, okay, yeah, we call same in the UK. We call them the living room or front room, mm-hmm. but generally living room. So if you imagine mm-hmm. what that word is, the living room. 
the yeah. living room. Oh, yeah. And that's where that comes from. So when you used to keep relatives in the parlor, um, it was never kept in the living room. This would definitely have been the parlor because the living room would have been on the second floor. This was like a, a room off the front door, you know. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. But yeah, some spirits, you know, they um, they reside in their house where they've probably been for many years. New people move in and they're never too happy. Yeah. And you know, uh, Covington, I don't know if you're familiar with Covington, Kentucky, but that's the place where a lot of uh, black people will go back in, I guess, 1860s to kind of get away from the South. Right. So there were a lot of, if you ever seen that movie... Oh, it's an Oprah Winfrey movie. She's in it. It's kind of a scary movie, but it's supposed to be mostly a true story. That's where this is. That's where that um, movie is kind of situated at. I think it's called Unbeloved. B-E-L-O-V-E-D. Beloved. If Like at the very beginning, she's crossing over a river, and that's the Ohio River from Covington to Cincinnati. She's trying to get her baby away from there. But yeah, and if you look up the history of Covington, you'll see that a lot of black people went there. So I did just find it interesting that in this house, you know, it was the spirit was a black man. And anytime I would have that dream with all those people trying to get me to come in, you know, it was a room full of black people. Interesting. But I don't know if they they lived in that house at some point, because like I said, it was it was an old house. A lot of history probably in that area. Mm hmm. Yeah, it sure is. Fascinating. And that there... That that little man I saw was probably the strangest thing I've seen that I didn't have somebody else with me because, you know, my mom saw the man. And then with the other things that I told you about, I've always with somebody else. Sure. That's, so that's really the only time that I saw something like that where I was by myself. So I guess that's kind of why I don't really tell anybody because it's, it's just really strange. Very strange. Yeah, I wish... Um... <laughs> That's the good thing about this show, you know, it gives people a chance to, you know, share some of this this stuff, which, you know, mm-hmm. people wouldn't hear. You know, you wouldn't tell anyone else, would you? Other than your brother, no one else would know this. And, right. and I'm sure there's people listening now which have seen very similar things, maybe little people. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, so if you are right there, get in contact. And if the little people are right there, also get in contact. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're, they're, I'm sure they're still around. I Yeah, I wouldn't surprise you know, me at all. He was definitely on a mission. Whatever he running through there for, I don't know if he like just popped into this existence accidentally or where he could have been going. But I felt like he was on a mission. He was like running through there and just was just taken aback when he saw me. Like, oh my god, she saw me, and he just kind of slowed his stride and just took off again. It's like up in Iceland, where they have um, they have laws about where they build roads and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, they respect their folklore. Um, they literally divert roads and go round caves and mountains and stuff to avoid where they believe that these little people live because wow. it's something okay. which is so ingrained ingrained over there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, I reckon there's definitely something in it. You know, for centuries people have been talking about these, these creatures, you know. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if there is a, a lot of truth to it. So you're very lucky, actually. Yeah, you know, I wish uh, somebody else saw it as well because I I have a I still to this day have a hard time believing that I saw it. I mean, I know I did, but it's just you know very strange because until my mom told me that she saw the man in the house, yeah. I kind of wondered did I imagine that? But now I know I didn't because she saw it too. So it makes you feel bad, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I said, I guarantee it. When this airs, I'll then start getting other people which have seen. You know, little people and and stuff. So, mm-hmm. so which is always the way. You know, I'll do one episode of something, and then and then someone comes and emails me and says, "You know what? My 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 father would talk about things like this." So, mm-hmm. so it's great. It's great because it kind of it then just links on to other people, and then <laughs> so it's great. Well, Monica, I really appreciate you coming on and and sharing all this for our listeners today. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate you having me on. It's been wonderful talking to you tonight. Thank you so much. It was good talking to you. I'm glad we, we've met, and I'll definitely stay in touch with you. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, you enjoy the rest of your evening, and I'll talk to you soon, Monica, okay? Thank you, Nick. That's all for this week. Keep updated and connected with the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you have an encounter that you would like to share on the podcast, you can email me at ufochronicles at gmail.com or reach out to me via the contact page on my website at ufochroniclespodcast.com. 
Big thank you to Bubs and Monica for sharing tonight, and thank you for listening. I will be back on Thursday, so till then, stay safe and keep watching the skies. Goodbye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.